Hello there, welcome along to episode 72 of The Empire Strikes Back, a UK-based New York Yankees podcast. Yet again, I'm Kevin, I'm in the hot seat tonight because, um, I don't know, I think I got it by default tonight, because everyone else just said, ah, you go for it. Because <laughs> <Yep. laughs> I'll be completely honest, we are a little bit underprepared today, but we're going to plug one through. Um, the quality, the, the the difference between when we are prepared and when we're not prepared, the quality is just going to be vastly different, yes. isn't it? Really? Now, uh, we, might, we might even win a, a Sony Radio Award or something here. Yeah. Can I just say, yeah. we're, we're so unprepared that I've actually just found it out we are actually 73. So are it's, episode, we? it's episode 73. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll build the last one as episode 72. So I think if we're going to carry on, we might as well carry on the mistake and call this 73. You know, I said I said before we came on, it's 73, and then I doubted myself. Mark said 72. I agreed with him and said 72. So, so it's my yeah. fault. Yep. By yeah, the way, yeah. Mark and Robert here, in case you're wondering. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. So last week we had quite a... I quite enjoyed it last week with a discussion about who's going to be mm. here next week, who's, uh, who's going to be here next year, and who we would like to be here, I would say, rather than who's going to be here. Um, and it was quite enjoyable. There's a few other sort of key positions in the team we never spoke about. <coughs> fucking been. Um, and we <laughs> will get to them. But I think, first of all, there's been some, cra- some crazy things going on in the past week. Uh, up and down like a yo-yo, the Yankees. Um in terms of their form. Um, well, we start with the Twins game, which could be a bit of a turning point in the season. Not season, the season, what's left of the season, but the stretch, I suppose. I was um, going to say, I, was, I, did, I, did, I did laugh at one of the things Rico said, well, no, it was David Cohn that said, this is where you start your next, your next run. You know, this, this is it now, they win today. <laughs> they'll start, start this clutching at straws and then there's that. Yeah, the funny thing is, the funny thing is, when you look at the standings, it's it's so tight. I mean, the three Yankees, Toronto, and Boston are all on nine games yeah. ahead, so we're all joint in the wild card. Um, and I mean, that could all it takes is a couple of bad results, a couple of good results, and and you can end up in a in or out of the wild card spot. Um, but we'll go into that in a wee bit. Um, but yeah, I came in from football training on Monday night. And I looked at her, I was like, oh, Yankees game's on, great. I looked at my phone and I was like, oh, Jesus, we're 5-0 down already. And I thought, Do you know what, I just cannot be arsed watching this. So I went and done other things. And then I, I glanced at my phone and noticed the notifications. I was like, oh, we've got ourselves back into it. So I managed to catch the last inning heroics and obviously Sanchez with the, the walk-off. Um, I don't know if it was a double or a single, whatever it was, it knocked in. Torres, so did you guys watch the game? Well, you see, I'm a dedicated fan, Kev, so I watched yes. it. Yeah, well, I, I, I turned it exactly opposite to you. I turned it on with five nil down. But me being the person I am, stuck with it and actually saw his win. So, yeah, it was bottom of the sixth, it was five nil down. So I wasn't expecting much, but we just kind of clawed it back. Um, one run in the sixth, one run in the seventh. And then we, we looked out in the eighth, I'll be honest with you, because mm. we were two men on, no, one man on and a couple of strikes and I forget who was pitching now for the Twins but he got he got done by the umpire. He had a couple of um, pitches called balls that actually for me clipped the top of the zone. Didn't call it, got a second man on, then upstep judge and hit the three-run homer. So we kind of, we, we got away with the one that way, but I'll be honest with you. 
the dip on his pitches was quite, I mean, it's quite profound, actually, in a lot of like, the ways. Uh, I watched the first couple of innings, and what I love about, and then I, I, was, I must admit, I threw my toys out of the pram and went, sod this, and just walked off. And, and then you come back to it like you do. Because what, what made me laugh is that, you know, Hill, he's in there. And and the ball's being smashed for the fences, and he does the thing where he's pointing to the outfield again. Oh, go on, go on. You you've got that. You've got that. You know? And you're like, no, 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 mate. That's that's clearly landing in the stands, and that's good. Uh, but, and he was. He was like, oh, go on, go on, Gallo. You've got it. And like Gallo's twelve foot ten. Um, but it, it was it was one of those, and I kind of felt for him actually because what a strange time to be playing the game. Uh, and and he had he had done nothing. There'd been no reason to send him down on his previous performances. And, he, and he's coming in and done that. But I admire the resilience of the team. When you find yourself cheering, uh, Joey Gallo bumped. Uh, that's what you like. That, yeah. That's that's and, and 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 the social media was like, oh, the Yankees have got their first hit. Bearing in mind the podcast that we had had a couple of weeks ago, where we're talking about the value of getting a bun, and I was thinking, oh, maybe this is going to change everything after what Chris <laughs> has said. And and actually, in a strange way, it, it kind of helped. That play wasn't the deal breaker. Um, I, if you're a Twins fan, you must hate the Yankees more than, than oh, any. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so, the, to the core of your being, I think, I, think I said something yeah. to you guys on the on the feed to that effect. But yeah, they must hate us. Uh, they've got to. I mean, I, I know we talk about the Rays being a sort of pain in their arse and the Blue Jays in recent <laughs> terms. You knew they were going to be, but what we've done to that team in recent times is just, oh man, yeah. Is there is there, is there a Twins podcast? Well, I, I I should have looked actually. There isn't. Uh, no, there's no, no Twins it. podcast in the UK. No, it's not. I'm not not sure there's many Twins fans. I don't think very active on Twitter anyway. Yeah, Minnesota. Can't blame most, <laughs> Minnesota's not the most exciting place in the. It would be an odd. Oh, I mean, people follow teams for different reasons in the UK. Most of us weren't kind of born into following a team, but you, you kind of wonder what it would take to be a a Twins fan. Mm. Yeah. Although there is a Pirates fan and stuff like that that we met in London, so you never know. Yeah, yeah, they're everywhere. Yeah. But, I mean, it was... It's kind of crazy that that game was a makeup game that just happened to get fired back in there. And... I, I'm I'm desperate not to get kind of carried away with this team because they tend to build you up and then shoot you back down again. Um, but imagine that was the kind of spark that took us on a run because obviously we dominated last night. So I can't just check you've, you've switched from Captain Neg on the basis that we've beaten the Twins and the Oreos. <laughs> You're no, now feeling positive. <laughs> no, no, I'm saying I, I'm going to get I'm, I'm going to get this correct. I'm avoiding being positive because every time I get positive, the Yankees, they kick the ladder away from me. So, Sorry, sorry, you're avoiding being positive. Yes, because I'm, <laughs> I'm Captain that's, Nick. That's, that's your default. Yeah. <laughs> it's not. I, I, I find myself generally being quite a positive person. Yeah. I just think this team, right from, I don't want to be that guy that said I told you so and all that, but I just didn't feel coming into this season this roster was well constructed. I thought the All-Star break, we got a wee glimpse of maybe we've filled some gaps. Um, but I think, you know, Mark was right early in the season as well about pitching. I thought we probably had enough pitching. We probably didn't have. And then the, the guys in the bullpen that's let us down was probably more of a surprise. 
and the way that went with um, some of the key pieces in the bullpen, we thought would have would have done a job for us this season. But but yeah, I mean overall, I just find it hard to get positive about the Yankees at the moment. And I did a couple of weeks ago. I thought things were looking good, um, but then we just when all the sort of key players came back, the guys who were missing through either COVID or injury came back, seems to have affected the the momentum of the team. We've went it back does. to. No, that's right. And it, it, maybe it's a coincidence, but since Shelley and Torres came back, that kind of feel-good swagger that we had has has gone. And I'm not quite certain why. Yeah. It's, it's... Do, do, do you think you can go on too long a run? I know this might sound like a ridiculous statement, but when you when you go on a run for the lovely like was it 13 games, when you lose that first game, do you think it hits them harder because they got themselves in such a a positive mindset. Now you would think because they play 162 games a season, they should be able to park that. But I just can't because it was such a fall from grace from going from that to the other. And yes, we talk about Shello and Torres and all those kind of things. But I just, I, I sometimes because I, I was thinking during that run, I was like, I was like, because I remember, do you remember the season Arsenal were the Invincibles and they did the whole season. Then the following year, they, they just, yeah, they just yeah, lost their way. Yeah. Um, and I'm and I'm kind of I, I wonder I don't know what you boys think it's probably a load of old nonsense but I, I just kind of of course you're not going to say turn down a 13 win run but it, it, I, I kind of feel that's had an impact. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're talking a lot of old nonsense. You, know, you can't yeah. have a winning streak. No, uh, no. I think I think Kev, Kev said on many many occasions we're a streaky team this year. And the last couple of weeks or three four weeks have been proven that. Went from losing 13 to winning 13 to losing seven. So we're just that kind of team, unfortunately. Yeah, that's it. It just sums up our season. It sums up the team that we are, that we can quickly switch from being looking like we're going to the postseason to looking like, oh my God, how's this team even still in contention? It's so dramatic, the difference in, in, in the form of the team. It just... It's not even that you just have a little bit of a dip. They seem to just swing from being away up here to being away down here so quickly. It's crazy. What we what we have proven, I think, and the Mets, the Sunday game, prove this, is that we have had a capacity of losing some games that we just absolutely ought to have won. And yeah. so what, what did you think of the, uh, the Sunday game, the one where Lindor hit three home runs? That got a bit, a bit tasty as well, didn't it? It did. It was... Um... I think the night before game, the September 11th game, which we, we mentioned last week, I think there was so much raw emotion going on in that. There was a lot of respect going on. I think there was a lot of respect between the teams. And then it was like, right, that's done. Let's go back to rivalry now. Let's be in full-blown rivalry mode. And there was a lot of silly stuff going on. I, I kind of, I thought Stanton was trying to kind of basically say to him, give it a rest. And it was made out as if Stanton was trying to goad him, if you like, after his, after his, I, I don't know. I thought it was a lot of silliness. It was quite enjoyable until we lost. I thought it was quite that, an enjoyable. That, 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 was, that was the sick nap, because if you win that game, and, you know, he's at them telling them to pipe down, you know, and all that. So if you win that game, the world looks like a lovely sunny place. It's just a bit yeah. of a kick in the ass when, when, you, when you go down the way we went down. But it was nice to see actually, that little bit of spite, that little bit of, mm. because we've seen it with the Rays and stuff like that. And it was actually quite, because the respect for 9-11 was, I, I thought, and then the, 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 it was actually superb between the two teams. But it's, 
because you sometimes wonder how much fight the lads have got in them. And actually, I just kind of felt there was a little bit coming from Stanton as well, who gets dogs abuse pretty much all year long, even though when he starts to find his form, for it to come from him, whereas it would have come from Cece in the old days. Yeah. And we, we, we've often talked about when there's been a bench clearing, that's been the kind of thing that's brought the guys together. Maybe yeah. maybe they should they need to start having big punch ups at the end of April, <laughs> so they can get a bit of form. <laughs> but but, but See, that's the thing uh, that swings it. The thing the thing is when you look at the Yankees team, why would anybody want to start a fight with them? A bloody massive half of them. Yeah, you know, lads big, big guys. But yeah, but they, they never have fights anyway, do they? Nah, it's, it's all, all handbags. I mean, if they had a real fight, then yeah, they'd probably win a mile. But yeah. they're never going to have a real fight. Like the Tigers fight back in the day, that was unbelievable. That was one of the best I've ever seen. But yeah, it's. I think it is an important part of it. I think it was. Do you think Lindor was trying to ingratiate himself to the Mets fans in terms oh, completely. of completely? And I think he's yeah, probably and he did as well. Three three homers. He backed himself yeah. up with three homers, but and he was doing the, the, the crowd crowd up before the third, wasn't he? Yeah. But he's he not needed even that, that much of a home run, is he? He's not a home run hitter, really, by nature, is he, Lindor, from, from what I understand. So then to actually cane us on that one, yeah. Nah, but he needed that. He's not had a good season. No, he hasn't, um, for the amount of money they've spent, yeah. Yeah, so you know, he needs to ingratiate himself with the crowd a bit more over there. So, fair play to him. I like it. I've got to admit, when that stuff goes on in a game, it, it does kind of ramp up the atmosphere. and it ramp, Not that it always needs it in a Subway series, but it does ramp up the... The atmosphere and get it makes it better to watch. I quite like it. Mm. I mean, it is all had ninety percent handbags, but I genuinely think I don't think Stanton was running by goading Lindor as in returning the favour. I think he was basically telling him, "Shh, get a grip," kind of thing. Do you know what I mean? I don't think he was as the way Lindor was goading us. I don't think Stanton was doing the same thing. I heard it was in response because wasn't it the night before that? The Mets were upset that some of the Yankees bench were whistling whilst oh, yeah. Walker was pitching. And so what Lindor did as he went around the bases was did some whistling. And then Stanton had a little word then when he had it his own and they kind of just escalated like that. Now whether yeah. the what what they were accusing the Mets were using the Yankees for was potentially Same using the whistling to for sign stealing, yeah. which I think is probably not correct because the guy who's doing the whistling was Wandy Peralta so <laughs> I hardly think they're going to you know get Wandy Peralta to sort of say what's coming um, so Wandy Peralta is just a wind up merchant that was all he was yeah, doing was just think... trying to get under their skin a little bit so yeah. one thing leads to another so it's all good fun I mean it, I, I do agree I don't think there was scene stealing going on I think there was a bit of gamesmanship going on and um but it's carried over the next night. But it was, as you say, Rob, if we'd won the game, brilliant. The fact you lose it, it's a bit of a signal. But I think the Mets are such a basket case, and they're always going to be a basket case. You know, and the fact that they've fallen out. This is a team that spent a fortune. That the owners falling out with everybody on social media. The the big money players aren't performing. People are getting done for drink driving. I mean, this is you know, yeah. you're gonna you can't crash of a team. I, I would I, I would hate to be a but even if they even if they beat us, I would I would absolutely my mate's a Mets fan. I would absolutely hate to be a Mets fan. And and it was, it was just one of those at the end of that when you come when you come out having lost that, you're like, ah shit. 
but I felt like I could park it actually because they're just they're, the fact is they've spent big and they're they're a decent team. You just know that they're not really going to be competitive in the when it when it comes down to it because they just doesn't it's just not for all the pieces are falling together for them. Um, and and it's a New York story at the moment. Isn't it? Yeah, I mean I have loads of mates fans. One of the reasons why I now hate them, I never used to hate them that much. I used to just um. They were noisy neighbours. I never really seen them as as a major rival because we never played them that often. Um, but yeah, some of them guys have forced me to dislike them just because <laughs> they constantly rib me about it. Um, but yeah, hats off to Big Frankie, New York though. He always looks after me when I'm over. Um, but yeah, it was one of them games. As I say, it was delighted to win the start of the night game. A bit gutted to lose the Sunday game. Um, and then went on to this Twins game. So we get the win there um, late in the game and we go to play Baltimore and it's a homer fest. Yep. Interestingly, we should mention that Joey Gallo obviously got a homer in the, the Twins game, which I think was much needed. He's, yep. um, as we mentioned and- last week, and Mark was ranting when, when his computer cut off. <laughs> Um, he has badly needed that. Tony, when you go, Rob. Oh no, it was, it was Chris. It was yeah, Chris. Oh, Chris, was about sorry. To go off on yeah. yeah, it was Chris. Was about to go off on one because it was a it was a cracking homer. And last night, but you know, the, you just yourself call you meant that you you beauty because yeah. because the, the height it came. I love yeah, I love Stanton's from last night. The fact that it was going wide, it was just kind of just that's the power of the match. Just... Goes, I'm just I'm just going to tap that. <laughs> I'm just going to tap that yeah. to the fences. Uh, but Gallows, I thought was sweet. I thought it was you know you, you just heard it You're like that. That's a lovely lovely sound, and I'm delighted for him. I really am actually because I really want it to work out for him. I really do. Uh, and and I, I thought actually because. Um, you look at a lot of the complaints that we only got five innings out of Cole, but I loved the and the same with Hill actually against the Twins, the ability to go five down and keep it going, you know, and then get stronger as the game goes on. Cole did a super job of that last night, so it was a really, really comfortable performance. And there are some decent players in that O's lineup, and you've got you've got to wonder what it feels like for them to be, you know, good. I assume that when the free agency comes around for them. They'll be out of there like a shot. Yeah, um, but p- pitching's not their strong point. I mean, they got no, absolutely no. caned at the weekend by the Blue Jays. In one game, the Blue Jays got over 22, got 22 runs. And when you looked at the pitching matchup last night, you got Garrett Cole going up against Wells, who's a top speed is about 88. If we don't win that game, there's something wrong. Yeah. And sure enough, we did. So we, we got but five runs up pretty, the, early, pretty early on. But the homestand, their pitching shut us down for some of that as well, though, wouldn't it? I mean, in our losing route, there was there was a guy who was making his debut. Forgive me, I can't remember his name now. And he absolutely, because you go, oh, yeah, the O's pitching is shut. And then this guy just absolutely, that that's the state. When you talk about the streaky nature of the team mm-hmm. that we're able to. So I, I take any win that we can get at the moment. Oh, absolutely, if it's if it's by one. But last night was a, I do like a back-to-back home run, I must admit. There is there is something sweet about, you know, it's good to see Boyd back on the board. Yeah, tonight, time. T- tonight will be tougher because they've got John Means going up. He's, he's their best pitcher yeah. by a long way. We've got Nesta Cortez. So, okay. Um, but Means is good. Um, Means is very good. I, th- yeah. I tell you, when you talk about that team, I would take Cedric Mullins in a minute. Yeah. He is a cracking player. He would compliment, I think, some of the players we've, we saw come up recently who compliments quite, quite nicely, actually, wouldn't he? Yeah, yeah. Be good lefty bat and 
hits for power and average, he would be, yeah. And he's young. And speed. Yeah, and the speed, yeah, of course. Yeah, but yeah, I, I mean, as you say, it just shows you the difference of when the team goes into a flunk, they are in that flunk and we're against these same, the same team and we just absolutely destroyed them. As you say, good to see Voigt uh, get one on the board, good to see Gallo keep his hot streak going. Um, maybe he'll drag himself above the Mendoza line. Um, actually, has he? I like the look One of this. Uh, I like the look of Mountcastle as well. He's he's the young guy for the O's. He yeah. seems like he's got he's got a big future ahead of him. I mean, Mullins is busted, and I would take Means in a heartbeat. Actually, when yeah. you look at that lineup, I would. I think Means is the player you would, if you could get your hands on him, you'll be over the moon with that. But yeah, no, absolutely. It was just it was just a solid performance. I, I watched the whole game today actually while I was in a in a meeting um and, <laughs> just, and, and, and it was it was just a little, but it was it was like the game was going to slip away from Cole and he just changed up his pitch he couldn't find his he couldn't find his fastball whatsoever <laughs> um but that's that's what you paid that's why he gets the big bucks and that's why you're paying it because he was able to dig it out but you're right Mark you would expect to win that game now if he hadn't been able to dig it out and we lose that game that's a very depressing loss to have it, is. it would have been yeah 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 it would have been yeah, and I think the thing, I think Cole did get himself into a few jams at times, but mm. was able to get himself back out. Yeah, get himself oh. back out of it. And it's as you say, that's a, the mark of a Cy Young level pitcher. Uh, DJ also getting a, a homer, which was good to see. Um, not quite the player that he was um, last year and the year before, but good to see him starting to find a bit of form again. Um, you just wonder how long it will keep going for. That's the the kind of worry. Um, well, you look at the players about... that haven't been moved. You know, we discussed it last week, but DJ, at some point, it's got to start to go in his favour. I look at a sheller and think to myself, you're a shell of a man. You're a, you're a, you are no, you are nowhere near. And then to you know, put him at shortstop and stuff like that. I just think, um, yeah. But um, when when he when he when he got his home run last night, I, I felt relieved for DJ because that's a man who's been carrying the weight of the world, with, you know, on his shoulders actually when it comes to his bat. Um, he, and he's not the player, but you, all you can just assume is that this is just a bad year all round, and that you almost want him just to wrap this year up and forget about it and move on and be and be the player we know he can be next year. Yeah, you know, there's a massive part of me. I think I made the point at the weekend that I really don't want this team to make it to the postseason, which sounds crazy as a Yankees fan, but I think we need some kind of real change at this club. Um, which probably drags us on to the discussion we were going to have about moving on to who do we see should be here next season, shouldn't be here next season. So we need to talk about Aaron Boone. <laughs> oh, so who's going to be manager opening day next year? Yeah. Yes. I personally think the only way Boone will be back is if we win the World Series. Or maybe make the World Series and lose Great, so, Bo- so Boone's not coming so, back next season then. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think on balance, I don't think he is. The next question is who, who replaces him and I haven't got an answer for that one, I'll be honest with you. I'm not convinced he won't be back next year. I th- I'm, I'm not convinced. I think they will find a reason to sacrifice somebody in the coaching setup, uh, something like that. I'm... Uh, my personal opinion is if you said, well, would you like 
boon to be back next year. It's an emphatic no. There's just something in me that thinks he's going to get away with it, and they're just going to they're going to get and they're not going to sack him mid-season, are they? So nope. he's going to get another year. Um, I really hope that's not the case. Um, but if we could look at potential options, there's. It's quite. If you look at what the Giants have done this year, let's be honest with you. Who, you know, if you look at, is that a manager that's done that? Is that a GM that's done that? I think we know with Boone, his decision making. We've lost games because of Boone. I think we can safely yeah. say that we've lost games because of him. Yeah. Yep. No, I, I, I think you're probably right. Um, I, I just wonder who, who else is out there, and I think it's probably someone who we we don't know, maybe not heard of. No internal candidates. <clears throat> I've heard banded around is Willie Randolph. I don't think the Yankees top brass like him enough. Nah. Mm. I wouldn't be against that, but I don't know. I don't know. Buckshaw Walter, he was talked about in the summer. They're not going to go back. They're not going to go back to Show Walter. And there's a, I think yeah. there's a reason why Show Walter hasn't ended up in a job after he resigned from the, the Orioles two years ago. He's, he's, old. Not, he's not managed to find a job and he's getting older, yeah. And yet, Tony LaRussa. <laughs> don't, don't even go there. Don't even get me started. Some of the names that you're probably going to hear, I think Carlos Beltran is going to be in the mix. I think he was definitely in the mix before Boone got he it. He was, but then he got the Mets job, didn't he? And then, oh, yeah, I, don't, I can't see that one. I look at uh, who's the was it Hemsley Mullins was in the was in the running as well. So I I, I don't think it'll be because if you look at Gabe, uh, it was it Gabe Kepler. Um, yeah. He was he was rubbish last year. He's, and everyone's at the Giants were going, well, why is he here? And and they're, they're doing okay. Um, the the question is, you know, a rod. <laughs> uh, it's not going to be. I, 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 I would love a rod. I'm putting out there again. I would love it. Don't get Kev started on. I would love it. <laughs> love it. Love it. Love it. Kevin Keegan style, but I would honestly, I would be so happy if we got Erod, and I think it would be, it would be, it would be fun. It's but, not going to happen. Nah, Ibanez is a name that's been banded around. Well, Ibanez. Yeah. I don't know what kind of manager experience he's done since he retired from the game. I know he went into coaching, but what where he is now or what he's doing, I don't know. He works for MLB. I believe, yeah. Senior Vice President of On-Field Operations, I believe. Okay. I'm reading straight off the screen right now. (laughs) Here's here's one that's not going to happen, but I'd love your opinions on it. Don Mattingly. Donny Baseball, I would have that in a minute. I would, in a, just, to me, it's that kind of level of manager that this team, I think the fan base would go absolutely nuts for it. And that bit more experience. I think you almost go for the yin for the yang now. But but I, I think he's probably his own man. He wants to make his own decisions and not be dictated by forty-seven stats that's, <laughs> gurus. But. That's where the problem is going to come from for me. Is do the Yankees front office want someone a puppet they can control, or do they want a manager to go and manage a team? And I. I think we need some massive changes in the front office to the the way that we go about things. And I think that's part of the problem. You know, I think they've tried to be, they don't They don't really let the manager be the manager. You know, they tell them what to do and they're, they're too, too much involved in it. 
I think analytics is part of baseball. I get that. Every team's using it, but it's how you use it in a sort of dictatorial manner. Is that even a word? I don't know. Dictatorial. That's dictatorial. the word. I knew I was wrong there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I think then you're looking at, because I think Steinbrenner is crucial in this. Does he implicitly back Cashman? Or is he going to put pressure on the gym and go, well, actually, we need to, the fans are unhappy. We need a baseball person here rather than a, you know, there are so many, so many different factors in play. I think at the end of the day, I just think Boone's going to end up staying. And I, because. I, I, you know, my big uh, worry, my big worry <coughs> is we start next season with Aaron Boone as a manager. Cashman is a GM, Hal is the owner, Sanchez is a catcher, Torres is a shortstop, Aaron Hicks is a centre fielder. That's what I, that's my big concern for next season, is that we do all the same shit we've done for the last two seasons. We just do it all again and hope it works out. I think all of those things will happen apart from Torres is shortstop. <laughs> yeah, I hope not. <laughs> I think that's it. Come on to that in a minute, aren't we? But yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll get on. We're we'll plenty on to that. Rob's trying to segue, isn't it? No, 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 no. I'm just, no, I'm just saying. I'm, I, I can just see all of those things being in not. place. Um, I can see us signing pitchers who aren't elite level in the hope that Severino comes back. Uh, as as you know, the quality, there's, you know, there's, they, they like the in all Round fairness, Tyon apart, apart from Tyon's last performance. In all fairness, I think he's been working out as we discussed last week. It's just a who would you like as a manager? I want someone like Don Mattingly. Don Baseball. Yep. That to me would be the perfect. And I know Pete's probably would be lower Gasca. I think that's the because the thing about Girardi, whether the players liked him or not, that bit of experience goes a hell of a long way. Because there has been when Jack Curry's ripping Boone apart for some of these decisions about who he's bringing in the seventh inning and he can see it. I think, I think it's that, that, that element that's hugely problematic. So I hope Boone doesn't come back. But Rob then they for would GM. Say, I'm putting it out then, there right now. But, Rob but, Radford but, for GM. I'm, I'm quite good with stats, you know, yeah. but <laughs> I am, um, but he's got two 100 win seasons behind him. So they could turn around and go, you know, that's this is, this year's an anomaly. And I think they'll find a little bit of cowardice and a way out of it. It's possible. It is possible. But he's only on a one-year contract. They're clearly doing him year to year. I think Matting is contracting with the Marlins for at least another year. I think. I might be wrong in that. But the Marlins quite like Mattingly. I can't see they're going to let him go. No. With what he's got to work with there, he's done He's done a moderately decent job. Mm. But yeah, in a heartbeat, when I take Mattingly, yes, I probably would. I can't see it happening because of, the, of all of that. But who who who's going to be there? Genuinely, I don't know at the moment. Yeah, it's. I, I, mm, you just you want. I would love someone with experience that's been there and done it before. I would rather they been. Now, I, I don't mean going for a Buck Showalter or someone like that, but someone. Where's Bruce Bokey these days? Someone like that, you know. He, someone he, ret- he retired. He sailed off into the sunset. Yeah, but somebody like that that's got the experience, that's, that's a proven winner, or you go for someone like Mattingly, who was exceptional captain for the Yankees and it just seems destined to manage the team one day. But I think it needs a massive overhaul. I would love... I actually kind of think Cashman's time's well overdue. I think he's been in the job too long. And I think if the Yankees and Hal Steinbrenner I wouldn't be disappointed if Hal sold the team, to be honest, but if Hal wants 
the Yankees to be more like the Tampa Bay Rays, then go and employ some of the guys from the Tampa Bay Rays front office. Go and employ their kind of GMs and bring them in instead of trying to kind of get guys that are not used to working that way and trying to make them be that type of person because that appears to be what we're trying to do. You know, look at what they're doing. Let's emulate what they're doing. But you need a full structure in there. You need guys who are used to working that way, bringing in their people that are used to working that way. And I don't think, I don't think we have that. I think the culture, I don't want to say corporate culture, but the culture in the front office at the Yankees, I think, is different to a lot of these teams. And if they want to change it, they need to go and employ people who are going to come in and radicalise the club in that kind of front office. That's what I think, anyway. How the hell can Cashman still be in a job? When it's been the budget he's been working with and getting, he can't say he's not been given the resources. He's won the SFA in the 11 years. Hmm. We're not going to win a World Series this year. We may make the postseason just. As I say, I, I would much, as much as that sounds crazy as a, a sports fan, I think it'd be worth a sacrifice this year for us not to make the postseason, finish third, fourth in the division, and um, it would maybe spark a major sort of revolution. I think if they make the postseason, it then gives you the out that you're talking about, Robert. They can turn around and say, look what we achieved. We made it to the postseason. We had injuries. We had COVID problems. We had this, we had that. The real reason here is you constructed a poor roster in March. It was poorly that run, constructed. That, 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 that run we had was the real Yankees. What, yeah. you know, that, that, that's what it'll be. That's the real yeah. Yankees. What you've seen is that's what we're going to get. I think so. And it's a huge concern for me. I think it's just uh, it's just coming back. But for two years of this team having guys like Judge and Stanton there, we've brought in Cole. I mean, all that promise has been there. A lot of the young guys coming through, and we haven't been able to construct our roster properly around about them to make them succeed. And that's what it comes down to. It's, it's poor poor planning and and poor roster construction. You know, early in the season, teams are easy able to pitch through us pretty easily and I mean the big guys you've got like as we said last week Stanton and Judge have pretty much delivered this season they have been streaky like the team but they've pretty much I mean their numbers stand up for themselves both of them Judge has been actually more than yeah I, he's I, been I, excellent I, I think and, and and because he's not been injured which goes yeah. a hell of a long way yeah make him captain sign him up make him captain speaking of captains do you like what I did there no, what did, what did you do? No, what did you do? <laughs> I have no idea what you're going on to next. <laughs> so, Mr. Jeter was indicted <laughs> into, the, into the Hall of Fame last week. He so, was indeed. He was. He was. And if I can make this work, I, I when, when Jeter speaks, all seems good in the world. But I absolutely loved this speech. So I thought I had to play it out on, on the show for those who maybe didn't hear it, but you probably all did anyway. Which, which brings me to the Yankee fans. You know, there was only one thing in my life I wanted to be, and that was a shortstop for the New York Yankees. And now I'm a Yankee forever. And w without question, you know, you helped me get here today as much as any individual I've mentioned. You know, you can't be fooled. You know, you're passionate, you're loyal, knowledgeable, vocal challenging and and supporting you know there's a there's a huge responsibility that comes with wearing a yankee uniform you know just because you have it on doesn't guarantee you anything 
You know, you have to earn it. You know, you demand it, I earned it. Every single day, whether it's during the season or in the off season, I felt as though I was representing you and I was representing all of New York. I did that in the best possible way I knew how. And I wanted to prove to you I belonged, and you kept pushing me to prove it over and over again. I was always most comfortable on the field, especially at Yankee Stadium, playing in front of you. And I wanted you to be able to count on me. And to this day, especially right now in this moment, I still represent you. And it's been one of the greatest honors of my life. Which, oh, balls. which brings me to the... I stand on the play again. again. But yeah... <laughs> Great speech, and and clearly he had a lot of time to prepare for it. Unfortunately, because he couldn't get inducted last year, but yeah, he, he did a great job as you might expect. Because basically everything the guy does is is done with with thought and with class. Yeah, and his speech was in, in exactly the same way. So can't can't fault him at all. He's the epitome of that team back then who. Had a lot of classy players and a lot of classy stuff going on, and he was just, he was a captain of it all. Not captain negative, but captain. <laughs> because I'm, because I'm a relatively new fan, I didn't have the pleasure. So I've seen, I've seen him play loads because I've caught up on a load of old games. I've read so many books about it. So when I heard his speech, you're kind of like, no, this is this is cool. I remember when he took over the Marlins and he sacked a load of guys and it was like, has he got the temper? This is a man whose temperament, who's a very essence. He just, you know, they always say about it, there's no excuse for not winning. And his mindset, there's no way that didn't make a difference to that team. When you're, when you're alongside a guy like that every day, and I kind of regret that I didn't, but, uh, you know, I didn't, I didn't see him play live because I would have just loved to have gone on that journey. You know, I've seen him when I know what happens, uh, and, and yeah. those little surprising things like you know, that he did, I, I would have loved to have seen. Yeah, he was just as I said at the start of that. Whenever you used to hear him in a interview, you would be like even through them kind of bad years, sort of two thousand eleven onwards, when he would talk, you'd be like, ah, "Always good in the world." It'll all be all right. Jeter spoken. He just has that way of, you know, connecting with the fans. But yeah, I mean, an absolute legend. Lucky enough to have seen him live myself. I'm sure you have as well, Mark. I did, yes. I remember a game when he were, we were playing the White Sox and White Sox got a uh, three-run home run in the top of the ninth to make it 3-1 to them. And bottom of the ninth, Yankees get a run going. Two men get on base. Jeter comes up. And it's a towering fly ball that just got caught on the warning track. So I thought it was going to be my yeah. Sajita moment, but he just missed the three-run home run to win the game. Um, yeah. Good play. Yeah. Fantastic player, fantastic guy. And for anyone watching, we do have... Um, we did re-release the Jeter Hall of Fame inductions, but well, nomination... wasn't nomination. When he was basically... What did they call that when he got? I'm going to have to yeah, edit this out. Announced, nominated, nominated, he was confirmed. Elected into the Hall of Fame is the word I'm looking for. He was elected in, um, but yeah, we've, we've re released that. It's, it's not very long. Kyle from New York joined us on it, it's quite a good listen. Um, but yeah, so short stops. Next season, yes. starting shortstop. Yes. This is all so, fitting together too nicely tonight. So so what I want to do, I want to, I want to make this a running thing. We might repeat this every, I don't know, every 
three weeks or so, something like that. We can we can change our minds on this one, but I want each of you to say who is going to be the starting shortstop for the New York Yankees on opening day next season. So let me introduce the runners and riders for you so far. Gleyber Torres, Gio Rochella, who started shortstop last night. Anthony Valenzuela. Those are the internal candidates. On the external candidates, we actually have a very interesting free agent crop yeah. coming up. So on that, you have names like Javi Baez. Dare I say it, Carlos Correa. Yep. Corey Seager. Trevor Story. And there may well be others. But I think Andrew Simmons it, as well. Yeah. Andleton Simmons, okay, who I know, yeah. Defensively, I think we're all a big fan of, but mm, that's yeah. another thing. So, who's going to be the shorting start, start, starting <laughs> shortstop? Shorting start stop. <laughs> next year. Sorry, mate, that was, that was pretty good. I, I need you to do that every three weeks. Shorting start stop. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm enjoying this tonight. Okay, so who's going to be? So who do you want, or who do you think it's going to be? Who do you think it's going to be? Uh, let, let me start because I, I can easily see the Yankees going out and buying big on this one. I can see them going out and getting a story. I love Seager, but right now I just think, even though he doesn't resound with the Dodgers, the Dodgers are the sort of team who will make an offer and he'll take it. So whilst I prefer Seager, even though I think Seager ultimately is going to be a third baseman just with his, his frame, I'd like him. Failing that, I can actually see him making a run at Story. Do you know what? I'm going to be a wee bit controversial here. And as much... I mean, we're a team that took A-Rod to our heart. Could we take Carlos Correa to our heart? Because his numbers are... They're not to be argued with. I... I don't think that's possible, I'll be honest with you. Really? Yeah, I do. Um, Michael Brantley was somebody a bit different because Brantley's not as effusive. So I think if the Yankees had signed Brantley, and I rather they would as a last junior season, I think the Yankees fans would have accepted him. I don't think with the way Correa has acted, shall I say? Yeah, that's a good the whole trash yeah. gate thing came out. He's not exactly been shrinking violet and being um being sackcloth and ashes about it all i just i i don't think that's gonna work so i i can't see career he's been an absolute first class prick if we're being honest i think that i think that <laughs> arrogance i think that arrogance plays in new york though, uh, you know what i kind of can look beyond that for how good a player he is i mean who's the top guy corey seager or career in this in this I mean, Story's a great player as well. I mean, Story's not to be sniffed at as well. But is it Seager or is it Correa? Who's take, the better I, I was, Because Seager's a lefty as well, isn't he? Seager's so, a lefty, which is why yes. I kind of like him. And yeah, he's that makes lefty, sense. And he, he shows big on the big occasions like he did in the World Series last year. So I I, I kind of like Seager. My only concern is he's, he's not a long-term shortstop. He is going to be a third baseman in two or three seasons, in my opinion. Yeah, but what, what? Who do we have coming through at the position? 
I think it's story, isn't it? I mean, I think all the all the noise about story in the trade window, then there was a hell of a lot of noise about him, but they just wanted a lot. I but I would if you gave me the choice of the main guys there, and I think Sega is absolute mustard. I, I must admit, I don't know enough maybe to say because of his frame, he's better suited. I thought the Blue Jays did a great job getting Simeon. Yeah, so that, yep. that, you know, I, I would. I would have taken that. I would have taken that option. But we were so in on Torres as this experiment as a shortstop. But I would have taken Simeon. Well, actually, Simeon's a free done. agent as well at the end of the season. I, I just can't see. It. Yeah, yeah. I think the Blue Jays Simeon, have got to go Simeon, back and sign up. Simeon took a one-year deal. He backed himself, and he's shown really big. He's up at thirty-eight home runs, I think. Yeah. So. Yeah, he's 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 on the free agent market technically as well. But like yeah. you, I think I think the Blue Jays must pony up for him. Are we totally yeah. dismissing Harvey Baez because he's more of a third baseman? I am. No, Baez is a shortstop, second baseman. Second baseman, sorry, that's what I mean. Yeah. I didn't mean third baseman, sorry. Um, what are we thinking? Are we totally dismissing him because of that. We already have a second baseman playing shortstop anyway. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think it's story. I would like Seager. Uh, the Simeon, Simeon deal is the one that, I'll be honest with you, I kick, you know, I kick the team about. I think it's going to be story. But if you offer, if, if you could get Seager, I'd be over the bloody moon with that. I really would. It's not going to be a shell. <laughs> it's sure as hell ain't going to be a shell. And, and then we know now it's not going to be. Uh, you know, it's probably going to end up being like Freddie Galvez or something. They're going to end up digging him out for another uh, for for a one year deal. <laughs> or something yeah, interesting. Like that. Interestingly, I don't know how much I've pulled their stats up. I don't know how much um, attention you pay to War, but Carlos Correa this season six point one, Corey Seager two point five. Although he's missed games, he's missed, he was injured for a yeah, he was injured for a while. Yeah, Trevor Story three point five War. So. Javi Baez, 4.6, but obviously a lot of games at third. Um, but yeah, just interesting that Korea's sort of war figure certainly stand out a lot higher than anyone else. Okay, so well, give me a name. One name. Who is going to... We can change our minds. We don't want to do this every few weeks, so you can change your story. mind. I'm going for story as well. Velasquez. Wow. Captain Nega. No, sorry, I'm going to go for Korea. <laughs> just just to be controversial, I'm going to go with Korea. Money talks, mate. Money talks. I think this is the kind of thing the Yankees like to do. Let's take on a guy like that. They signed fucking Kevin Euclid. We did. I mean, come on. I, I despised that guy when he was at Boston. I despised him even more when he was at Yankees because he sucked, but yeah. And they signed Johnny Damon from Boston, from under Boston's noses as well. I can that's that's just reeks of a Yankees move for me. You know, a guy I, who I, I think being a shit plays well in New York. Yeah. I think people as long as long as he fronts up to it, as long as he yeah. if he signs and fronts up to it and says yeah, so fuck off. Then actually, I think the fans will go fair enough as long as you do the business. He was then we'll move on from it. And he was when he broke through a couple of years ago. He was the most exciting player in baseball. He was fantastic yeah. to watch. So that that's so we're going two for story, one for career. Cool. And we'll okay. change we'll change our minds in a week's time. <laughs> well, we, 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 no, this this we've got we've got another six seven months before we can uh, yeah for opening day. So can I can I can I can, can I can I just ask one who's going to be our centre fielder then next year? 
starting a centre fielder. I'd, I'd still go for Alan Hicks, actually. I hope not, man. I think we need to we need to look at somebody else. Starling Marty's available. Jackie Bradley Jr. available. Marty, yes. Bradley Jr., okay. no way. It's good defensively, though. Not as good as he used to be. But... He's a lefty bat as well, isn't he? Yes. Yep. Bradley Jr., yeah. Starling Marty, I think, if they're going to make a big splash in centre field, I think he's probably going to be the guy that they'll go for. He certainly leads the class of free agents, unless he can get creative and, and do some trades, which you never know. Um, I think I'm, I would be nervous about Aaron Hicks being the starting centre fielder next season. All right, I think we've kind of pretty much covered everything we wanted to cover tonight. Um, anybody get anything they want to talk about? Any exciting news? Anything? Rob, your 1996 T-shirt. Yeah, what, what, what a bargain it was. You wouldn't believe how much I paid for an old T-shirt. Jesus Christ. Anyway, uh, yeah, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm still reading the Yogi Berra book because it's a big old beast, but I recommended it before. I'll recommend it again. It's really, really good. And I should have mentioned there'll be an audio book with the colouring in section, Kev, coming out Brilliant. very, very soon. That's so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Do you know, a funny thing is, I mentioned a couple of weeks ago, I've been back revisiting um, Ken Burns baseball, and I'm still watching it because I'm, I'm watching it in sections, I'm watching other stuff in between, but I've just watched, I think it's a sixth inning with Joe DiMaggio, talk about, you want to talk about long streaks earlier, Rob, Jesus Christ, that was unbelievable what he did 56 there. 56 games. Oh man, yeah. and do you know what I thought was really classy as well, was the pictures of the day said, no way are we going to walk him. Which is the reason I think it would never happen these days because I think somebody would want to make a name for themselves by walking a player. But all the pitchers said, no, we would never lower ourselves to that. We're, we're going to pitch the guy and, and see if he can hit. But he came, the amount of games where he came close to, he was, you know, he had three strikeouts or three outs, rarely strikeouts to be fair. I think he went one season, he only had 13 strikeouts or something like that in the 1941 season. Yeah, what was remarkable was after that 56-game streak, he got it broken. He then went on the 18-game streak right. after that. It was 73 so out of 72. 72 like, out of 73, sorry. Something like that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, they did say that. But if you haven't seen this series, guys, you just need to check it out. It's just it's just utterly brilliant. And they've just done a big bit about the, the Negro Leagues as well, about Satchel Page and, and Josh Gibson and stuff. It's just fantastic. I mean, it's great to get back into it. And just, it must be at least 10 years since the last time I watched it. It's it's um, very very long. Each episode is very long, and yet it's so there's no there's no nope. slack in it. There's no there's no there's no fat in the system. It's just the, each episode is an epic. Yeah, and they're so tight and so well well put together. I love it. I the early love it. I would say the first episode is a little bit kind of they're just trying to set the story of how the game came about and sort of debunk the Abner double Abner double day stuff and that and. It takes a wee bit to get going with for a doubt, but once you get by that, it's just fantastic. It's brilliant. The characters in the game and you know, you, you look at the you know, Babe Ruth just made the sport, but Ty Cobb the, he was just the biggest asshole that ever played baseball, probably, but probably one of the best players that ever played it as well. But yeah, worth checking out. Highly recommend it. It's as I said in a previous podcast, you can get um a week's free PBS through your Amazon. If you have Amazon Prime, they'll give you a week free. A week's not enough to watch this unless you take a week off work to watch it because it's, it's at least 17 hours or something. Like. I, ended, I ended up subscribing to PBS 
to watch the series and i think it was like an extra three pound a month that's it that's all it is yeah. yeah i'm going to keep just, it going because the, yeah. i'm going to go back and do a civil war one and i'm going to go through he's got so many great the, um, the jazz the, ja the jazz one's absolutely fantastic it's really really yeah. good um yeah i also want to mention that the gb baseball team have an online shop now finally after all of my moaning i've just had to spend uh half a year's salary on my kids rugby kit and all those so so no one buy all the small size hoodies okay because they're for me um but, <laughs> <laughs> but it's good to see the gb baseball we're all going to be able to get to wear some of the uh, some, the, the team are, are playing really well from the, the bits and bobs that i've seen so uh, that's great to see great stuff yep. cheers all right, guys. So thanks very much for tonight. We'll hopefully be back next week. Hopefully, oh, we've never done predictions. Jeez, oh, I'm getting bad at this. So we have two versus Orioles, three versus the Indians, two versus Texas before we come back. Really? That's a soft part of the schedule. You look at that. Those, teams, that, are, yeah. those teams are not playing well. I heard today Seven. that... The, the, the Indians have been involved in four no-hitters this season. They've, they've been on the Jeez, other side yeah. of four no-hitters, including yeah. the, the Bumgarner seven-inning game, which isn't officially a no-hitter, but it was. So, um, and that's a record. Um, Nobody's been on three. <laughs> a record you four. do not want to be part of. Yeah. So, Mark, I'm going to let you go first tonight. I'm going to be captain positive. I'm going to go five and two. I, I think that's that. To be honest, we've got to be we've got to be doing at least five and two because that's a soft part of the schedule. I don't want yeah. to be getting to the last weekend and sweating over whether we're going to hit the wild card game because we'll be up against the yeah, Rays. The Rays do everything the they can to to ruin it for us. So we've got to win games against this this kind especially because the, the two series coming up after this these games is the Red Sox and the Blue Jays, Should which could go a long way to tell. Yeah, they're critical, yeah. and we've got that three game set in October with. There is. So you're going five and two? Yeah, go on. Rob, seven and oh? Six and one. <laughs> yeah. And Captain Neg says? C Captain Neg's actually, I'm actually, I'm, I'm feeling remarkably positive and I hate it. And I'm going to go six and one as well. Or should I go set oh and seven just to, in case it's, no, nah, that reverse psychology thing didn't work last week. So, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go six and one as well. I've got a feeling that the schedule that we're in here, and we've got a bit of momentum going at the moment. I think we can keep it going through these bad teams. So, yeah, we've got we got to. Yeah, we do. Yeah, great stuff. So, thanks for your time tonight, guys, and we'll speak to you next week. Good night. Good night.